last time I spoke was August, right before I started teaching. So updates on my life. I've been teaching since August. Uh, it's going good. I'm engaged. Uh, I moved out. So a lot of things have happened. Um, thanks, Simeon. Okay, so uh, to start, just a warning. Um, I go into teacher mode when I speak now. So sometimes if I see people distracted like Elijah on his phone, I might say eyes on me. Because I do that with my class, I'd be eyes on me, and they all go, eyes on you, so that I can get people's attention back, right? Because that means I have something important to say, and I have something important to say tonight to share. So I might be like, eyes on me, but I mean, that's going to be not on purpose. I'd just be habit, because I, I, I'm in teacher mode. But anyways, it's been very interesting, I will say. And I've had lots of very weird things, and kids are very hilarious and they're also really good teachers for myself as well and I've learned a lot but some of the silly things like I had a girl tell the cafeteria that it was her birthday when it wasn't her birthday she lied about her birthday just so the whole cafeteria was saying her happy birthday so that had happened that was pretty funny um there's also like little things that happen and you're like have to be the best at conflict resolution or at least you have to act like you're the best at conflict resolution so um, it's like every day I get back from lunch and the kids will stop. They'll, they'll, they'll be like, Miss Sarah, I need to talk to you in private. And so we have to stay in, I stay in the hall and it would be something like, not stupid, but it'd be something like little and you're just like, this is what we need to talk about in private. And then you'd have to basically be like, you don't have time for that. And you have to like, you tell you you're sorry. You tell you sorry. Don't do it again. Cause it's not anything really worth talking it out. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of silly things you have to do in conflict resolution. I mean, friendships break up and break apart all within a class period. It's a lot. Um, but I have two volunteers. To, I need um, Ava and Elena. There you are. And they're just going to show a demonstration. The boys didn't want to do it. I don't know why. So they're going to two people who act like third graders. I mean, they are going to act as third graders. You may come up. I will tell you the exact situation that happened today and how it happened. I don't want to be in the middle. That's weird. Okay, the exact situation. The girl, a girl told me she wanted to talk to me in private in the hall after lunch. I was like, what's wrong? What happened? And she's like, so-and-so. I'm going to say Ava was the person who did it. Elena was the person it happened to. So Elena was like, Miss Sarah, so-and-so was slurping in my ear during lunch. S slurping. <laughs> slurping apparently they had soup or something that had liquid and he was slurping in her ear and i was just like you trying to laugh because you don't want to hurt their feelings but i was just like okay um okay baby like um and i get them together be like okay ava don't slurp in people's ears that that's rude and i i don't like when people chew my ear either so please like give people space during lunch and can you please apologize to Elena? <laughs> Elena. Elena, please say that you forgive. Please say you forgive her. <laughs> with her with her Cain's child drink. Thank you. Y'all may y'all may go. Good job. Good job. So basically, as typical growing up, 
They said she was sorry. Was Ava really sorry? Probably not. Did Elena actually forgive her? Probably not. Usually it's just whatever between people that they don't like about them going on and they find a reason to bring them up to the teacher. So that is a very silly example of a third grader. But to relate to older people, um, have you ever had someone apologize to you that you really did not forgive even though you said the words? Or you said it in your head thinking you forgave them? Be like, God, I, I forgive them. But did you actually forgive them? No. Probably not. Are there's probably someone, probably everyone in this room has at least one person that they were like, I'm never going to forgive so-and-so for what they did to me. Or I'm never going to forgive that. Or you struggle with forgiving someone for something that's really big like that, right? Forgiveness is not just empty words said with eye contact and followed with a hug as we grew up. Forgiveness is a command of the Lord and is biblical. If we do not forgive, we disobey the Lord. So Matthew 6, 12 um, says, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So if we want to ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins. We have to forgive those who sin against us. And there's other places in the Bible where the Lord commands us to forgive or we won't be forgiven ourselves. If we're being honest, there are people who have done very, very bad and hurtful or wicked things to us far more than slurping in our ears. Like I'm sure that most of y'all have gone through something that was traumatic or very difficult or very, very wrong. And um, it's really difficult to forgive people. And I've been through that before. And it's very difficult to even have the desire to forgive them or to even figure out how do I forgive them, forgive them when everything in you wants to, like, ask God to, like, smite them. That's the best I can think of. Um, so today... We are not reading a typical, well, we're reading a really classic story, but it's not usually spoken of, yeah, that's not going to happen. It's not usually spoken of as forgiveness, and surprisingly, we are actually reading a whole book of the Bible tonight. Woohoo! We're going to get through all four chapters of our book tonight named Jonah. It's a very short book. It's not very long. Um, the title of my message tonight is I Told You So. I told you so. And we're going to figure out and unpack why that's the title of my story. So starting in chapter one, and I'm going to pause throughout and give a little commentary. But starting in chapter one, and it's titled, Jonah Runs from the Lord. Verse one, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. So, history lesson. Assyria was big enemy to Israel. Nineveh was the most important city in Assyria and is the rising world power of the day. Um, Jonah doesn't really talk about, the book of Jonah doesn't really talk about the wickedness and the culture, but in Nahum, which you probably none of you have heard of Nahum, but it's a book of the Bible, a very small book of the Bible, and it talks about how wicked the city was, and they did horrible things, and Israelites hated them. So, now we're going to verse 3. 
But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. Tarshish. Yes. it's. I keep thinking of like tartar sauce. I don't know why. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Has anyone ever been in a really, really bad storm? Yes. I will say the storm that happened last night was really bad. So I live in a trailer and I get a tornado warning. And it's like pouring rain and the wind's blowing. And I was like, yeah, probably not the best idea to be here. So I had to go to my neighbor's house and carry my dog. And when I say it was like a full monsoon and I tried running, but I couldn't because there was so much water. I like it stopped me. So then I had to walk while my dog kept kicking me in the face across with lightning nonstop. And when I walked in the house, like, I was literally dripping, and my hair was like I got out the shower. Yeah, I know. She is worth it, my puppy. But, yeah, so, been a horrible storm. And I can I can attest that it was very scary being in a trailer, and you feel the whole thing shake when the wind hits the side. I will say, that's not a cool feeling. I don't want to feel that again. So, um, back to forgiveness. Jonah decides to run away from God. So, the first step that this whole story starts with is Jonah ran away from God and he ran away from what God told him to do. So again, we're talking about forgiveness. I started by saying forgiveness is a command. It's a command for us to forgive others, right? When we run away from that command, storms happen. There are consequences to our actions. Sin brings storm, right? Our sin and our disobedience also always affects others as well. These sailors, they were they were probably out at sea trading. Their families are at home and they're about to die because Jonah ran away from God and he had consequences to his sins, right? So they were desperate for their lives. They were fearful. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? I feel like those three are the same question. And so basically casting lots was their like superstitious way of like, I guess it's like our horoscope kind of like it was their way of like predicting things. Right. And is that actually accurate? No. But the Lord intervened. And he made it so the cast fell on Jonah. The lot fell on Jonah. So Jonah would know that God knew that you can't run away from me. You can't run away. And just as we're talking about forgiveness, just a side note, you can't run away from the calling that God has placed on your life. You can't run away from your purpose. It's always going to be chasing you around. God's always going to keep seeking, keep going. You can't run away from God forever, right? He's going to come back for you. So Jonah answered them. And he said, I am a Hebrew, 
and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah says, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have set this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Even the men who weren't serving God cried out to God. And Jonah didn't even cry out to God. And he was worried about them dying for that man's sins. And he, they recognized that, right? Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. The sailors were all struck by the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. The three days and the three nights is very important. So the sailors who didn't know God, cried out to God, and God forgave them. And all because of Jonah's sin. And they cried out and God forgave them. That's important. Which leads me to point two, which is God forgives first. God forgives first. The Bible, and it's in the New Testament, it says, we love him because he first loved us. God, that's not the word, not accepted. He handed out the invitation to forgiveness first, right? So God forgives first. So Jonah is in a predicament and Jonah is in a great fish. Now we grew up saying it was a whale, but I know there's historians say that it doesn't necessarily have to be a whale. There are whale sharks, which are technically fish that are big and they're harmless and he could have floated in the side. So there are, there's are actual like today life creatures who could have swallowed Jonah, he could have lived, right? So Jonah's prayer, Jonah got desperate. So Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down into the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remember the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Jonah did not deserve the Lord's forgiveness, neither did the Assyrians. Your sin of not forgiving is just as bad as the sin the person you are forgiving committed. You not forgiving as God commanded is just as bad as the thing they did to you because sin is equal in the sight of God. So even if I think hate in my heart, Jesus said that's like murder. Even if I hate somebody, because that's the seed of a sin, right? Hate is just as bad as murder. 
It's all equal. It all keeps us from God, right? So Jonah decides to go to Nineveh. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my vows to God. So then Jonah spoke to the Jonah. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, he took off his royal robes, he dressed himself in burlap, and he sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all of their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. So, so far, we have seen wicked men. God forgave them. Jonah ran away from God, and God forgave him, right? He came back, and he fulfilled what he had to do. Now we see 120,000 people of Nineveh who were Israel's greatest enemy and the capital of their biggest enemy and empire, and God forgave them for crying out. So we have three people forgiven right now. But Jonah decided to say, I told you so. So Jonah, 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 the Lord, the Lord had just forgiven Jonah and saved him from being killed in the storm. And the people Jonah was sent to tell to repent did repent. And the Lord forgave them like he forgave Jonah. But Jonah was angry. He hated them. He wanted them destroyed. This, so Think about our own lives. And I know like people who meant a lot to me and I got stabbed in the back or people who I just people in your life, even if you know them or not, and they backstab you or they they abuse you or you they trap you. I don't know. I'm trying to think of good examples like they break off your friendship. They betray you. I mean, I'm wearing... I'm wearing a hearted sweater. Valentine's Day is coming up. You have an ex. And they didn't treat you right. And they left you, right? Or they cheated on you. Like, those are heavy things. Those are heavy things to work through. And it's not light for me to tell you you need to forgive them. That is not, I'm not taking that lightly. And it's difficult in my own life to even follow that commandment. But, um, We have to look at why we should forgive them, right? And I want to finish the story before we get, like, closure to that thought, right? But I just want to acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of really deep hurts in here and a lot of wounds from people, and that's super heavy, and that's not something to take lightly. And it's not something where you can just say in your head, I forgive them, and that's it. Forgiveness is a process, and... It's a healing process as you go on in life, and it's not just a one-moment thing. I'm sorry, and I forgive you. 
And sometimes you don't get I'm sorry. And that's even more difficult because then you still have to forgive them. Even though they don't want to ever apologize to you, we never get closure. So, let's see what the Lord said. So, in verse 4, this change of plans greatly, I, I just think it's funny, this change of plans. Like, Jonah had, the plan was for Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach repentance, to preach, like, you need to, you need to tell the Lord, like, repent, turn from your ways. But Jonah had a plan in his head of how it should go. And we have plans in our head on how their story should go. How the person who hurt us should go. You know? Um, and sometimes, like, revenge is a big word. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone in the year 2023 say, I want revenge. <laughs> but in the sense of revenge, there's a sense of, like, karma. Karma. Karma is our revenge. Karma is what people say. It's karma. It'll get back to them. But that's our way of saying, I hope something bad happens to them. Or I hope they experience heartache like they made me ache. Or I hope, you know, they lose their job because they lied about my job and I got fired. You know, to the manager. So, that being said, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. And he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord. He complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? He's basically saying, I told you so. He's like, didn't I say before I left home you would do this? I told you. I knew this is, a, this is who you were, God. I don't know why he's so shocked about this. The reason that Jonah is not still in the belly of that fish is because that's how God is. That's who God is, right? So he said, that's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Those are all good things, right? You are eager to turn back from destroying people. He saved his life. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. And I want to say that as heavy as your hurts are, and as heavy as it is to forgive somebody, it's also very easy to fall into like a victim mentality about ourselves. And a victim is that I'm a victim to what this person did to me. And I want them to feel that pain. And all you are doing, and it's cliche, but you are hurting yourself more and more and more because you keep reliving. When you're a victim, you relive the same event over and over and over again. Can you imagine living a breakup over and over and over again every day for the rest of your life? Or living a traumatic, abusive situation over and over again emotionally. I'm not saying like physically or actually, but like emotionally. Every time you think about that person, you relive that pain, right? And that's what is not a scar. It's a wound, right? It's cut open. And it's not till that scar, till that wound heals that you can think about that person and not feel those feelings of hate and destruction toward them. And the only way that that can happen is you have to bring those hurts to Jesus and you have to ask him to heal those wounds or you will never have the scars, right? You're never going to heal. You're always, you're never going to be able to forgive until God heals that pain in your life. You can't. I don't blame you. Like, I can't forgive someone when I'm in pain when I think about them. When they are still causing you pain after the fact happens. 
You have to bring that hurt to the Lord and ask him to take away that pain, right? So then this is what the Lord said. He said, is it right for you to be angry about this? And I read that. I was like, "Mm, how dare you say that? But think about it. Is it right for you to be angry about this? The That person's sin, like what they did, hurt the Lord before it ever hurt you, right? It is what Jesus came to die for, right? Our sins. So really the offense is with God more than it is with you even. Because we're all fallen. We all have sin nature. We all sin in our own ways, right? And our sin hurts God. And their sin hurts God the same way. So if anyone has the right to not forgive or to be angry, it's God. But what did Jonah just say? He said, I know you're merciful and compassionate, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. Right? That's who he is. So then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah went have his pity party and the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm plot twist. Reverse Uno card. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant, so it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Are you right? Is it right for you to be angry because they got promoted? Is it right for you to be angry because they have a, they're married now or they're in a successful relationship, right? Do you have the right to be angry that they moved on, that they got forgiveness from the Lord, that they moved on with their life, and you're still stuck there feeling the breakup over and over and over and over again because you can't let go of that pain, right? Yes, Jonah retorted even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? That's how Jonah ends. That's how the book ends. And I think there's a really good analogy there in that it's easy to feel sorry about our life situations. Um, It's easy to feel sorry about, you know, the relationship didn't work out. Like why, why God did it? Why did he even, why did you even let it happen for it to die? Right. Or why did you even let me, like get into this this college and I'm failing or why did you get me this job and now I'm fired right but you had nothing to do with that situation right God is sovereign over all and God you learn something from it as much as they've learned something from it and them 
asking the Lord for forgiveness, they have something to learn in that story, just like you have something to learn in that story. And after y'all part ways or the situation ends, it's not, they're not involved anymore. Now it's between you and God to rectify the hurt that's gone on in your life. They can't heal you. They can say they're sorry and mean it and cry and throw up about it, but it's not going to heal the hurt they still did to you. Nothing is it is the sorry really going to fix the pain? I mean, even if they came back and they wanted to get back with you, this is still not going to fix the pain that of what happened, right? There's still a wound there. They can't heal it anymore. You have they have nothing to do about it. They have nothing you had nothing to do to put it there. They had nothing to do about it. Once y'all part ways, they can't fix it, right? But we care so much about what they did to us in the offense that we forget that like, they're a person like you and they're hurting and they have pains and they have history and they have a past and that we should want them, especially if they're living, as it says, in spiritual darkness. We should, our desire should be for them to come to the Lord regardless of what they did to us. Because at the end of the day, they're still a human being. They still have a soul. They still have a spirit. They still have trauma in their life. They still have experiences, right? And that's not excusing what they did. But we care so much about what's going to happen to them and what happened. We care so much about what happened that we don't think about who they are and that they're a person, right? And to think that God made them, right? God made. It said God made. He made the plant right? God made all these people. God created all these people. These are hundreds of thousands of people, and the Lord cared about them, right? Jonah was happy when God saved him, but he was angry when God saved Nineveh. God spared the soul, the sailors when they pleaded for mercy. God saved Jonah when he prayed from inside the fish, and God saved the king and the people of Nineveh when they repented and turned to him. Um, I want to talk about Matthew 12. I'm just transitioning quickly to Matthew 12, 39 through 41. It says, But Jesus replied, Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man, which is Jesus, be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. The people of Nineveh God was saying this about his people, Israel, that the people of Nineveh would stand up against this generation and condemn it because they repented of their sins and we won't because we're holding an offense. We're running away from God. We're choosing not to forgive. We're choosing to feel the pain over and over and over and over again. Every day, every time we think about that person, every time we think about our childhood, right? Every time we think about that place or that house, we feel that pain. What is your Nineveh as I close? What is your Nineveh? Who has God called you to forgive? 
before we could even get there, what is that hurt? What is that great pain that you feel? That you wake up in the morning, you think about it, and you go, ugh. What is that hurt? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I just want you to have a moment with the Lord. And I just want you to think about and ask him. You probably know. But what is that hurt? What is that pain? And I just want us to ask the Lord, because before we can forgive, we need God to heal our wounds. We need God to heal our hurts. I'm not coming today to tell you you need to forgive them right now, right here. I just want you to acknowledge that that pain is there. And I want you to ask the Lord to begin to heal those wounds. Father, thank you for this time that we have together to read your word and to receive from you. Lord, we're hurting. Father, you know that each one of us in this room, if we're living and we're breathing, we've been living on planet Earth for more than a day, that we have pains and we have wounds, Father, that people have done to us intentionally or non-intentionally, Father. Father, pains that whenever we think about their name, we instantly cry, we feel a sharp pain in our chest, Father. Lord, we come before you today and we ask you to start to heal those wounds, Father. That we would start to heal from those pains, Lord. That you would begin, Lord, to do the opposite of what they did, Father. If we need, if they tore us down, Father, I ask that you would affirm in this moment, Lord. If they made us feel as less than, Father, I ask that you would show us that We are more than enough, and we are who you made us to be, Father, and our identity in you, Lord Jesus. Father, if they abandoned us, and we're feeling abandoned or neglected, I ask, Lord, that you would rush in and that we would feel your presence in this room, Father, and that they would feel your presence when they go home, Father, and that they would know that you, Father, are their Father, that you are their God, that you're not abandoning abandoning them, You're not leaving them, Father, that no one hates you. If they feel like, if they don't feel seen, Father, I pray that you, that they would feel seen in this moment by you, Lord. Even if it was something that I mentioned, Father, just listing things, Father, but it's something they were dealing with. I know that is you saying you see them, that I said that for a reason that you see them. Lord, I know that before we can forgive others, that sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. And Lord, I I just ask today, Father, that I know there's probably someone in this room of 30 people that they did something that they don't know if they can ever forgive themselves for. And they feel that pain about themselves every day when they look in the mirror when they wake up in the morning when they go to bed at night 
they know that they know what they did. Just like Jonah, Lord, when we repent and we turn to you and we ask you for forgiveness, Lord, you don't hold us over that our head. You don't, you're not like Jonah saying, I hope they would die. You forgive them. You're merciful. You're loving. You're compassionate. You're slow to anger. All the things that Jonah had listed about you, Father, is true. And you're still those things, Lord. And that you can still use these students, Father, and those who feel like they have failed past return, that you can use them to bring your word to a group of people who are in spiritual darkness. That you can use someone who made a mistake to bring salvation to a people who are in spiritual darkness. Lord, I know that ultimately, before we can forgive others, that we have to receive your forgiveness. And I ask if there's anyone in this room tonight who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that they would take this time to come to you and ask for forgiveness. You know who you are. And I just pray that the Lord would move on their hearts just as you moved on Jonah's hearts, as you moved on the men's hearts, Father, as you're still moving hearts today, Father. They would move on the hearts of those who have yet to ask you for forgiveness, Father. And I pray that any feelings of insecurity or that they're not good enough or that you're not going to accept them, that they would just fall away, Father, because you have forgiven all of us, Father. You've forgiven the worst of sinners. You forgave Nineveh. Lord, that I know that all have sinned and there's no sin that's greater than another and that you forgive all sins, Lord Jesus, and that you're still kind and loving and compassionate and slow to anger and quick to give mercy. Lord, if there's some of us, our wounds, Father, our scars, Lord, and as we move forward in healing, what is your Nineveh? God has a Nineveh for each of us when we're done with our healing, as we're healing, as we're growing. God has something. He has someone that He wants you to bring His Word to. Even if it's that person that hurt you, God wants you to forgive them and to care about their soul, to care about where they are spiritually, to pray for them, to pray for your enemies not praying smiteful or harmful things over them, but praying that your will would be done in them and they would be healed from their wounds as well, Lord Jesus. God holds nothing against us. Is it right for us to be angry at God when he holds nothing against us? God will hold nothing against you. He wants you to let go of your offenses. God wants us to let go of those offenses. release them you can't carry them it's like you're carrying a knife that stabbed you you keep stabbing yourself over and over again and it's gruesome but it's how it feels that's how it feels emotionally god i pray that lord you would help us to release the people the situations the circumstances in our life father that we would release them to you to heal us to heal us, Father, so that we can do our purpose, that we don't run away from our purpose and our calling. And these things can be keeping us from our purpose and our calling. And God, I ask that 
you would break off these offenses so that we can run in our purpose, that we wouldn't run away from our purpose. And Lord, I just pray tonight, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you gave me. I thank you that you did what you wanted to do with it, Father. I thank you for the words you gave me in the moment. I thank you for every student here, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you see our hurt and that you don't rush us, Father. You don't rush us to forgiveness before you heal. You will always heal us before you ask us to forgive. You will always forgive us before you ask us to forgive. You will always do it first and go ahead of us, Father that we're not alone in this. And I pray all of this, and I seal this in your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Good job, baby. Did a really good job. Um, I want all of you to bow your heads again. We ain't done yet. The Lord put this on me while she was praying. This is this is a big this is a big question. You got to ask yourself this. She was speaking on the topic of forgiving yourself. I don't know who this is for. Somebody in this room is in darkness, struggling with darkness because you have not forgiven yourself. I did the lunch prayer for our for our for our for our prayer meetings. And I prayed specifically, the Lord had given me specific prayers. And the Lord told me that there were people struggling with darkness and you're saved. Let that sink in. You can be saved and still struggle with darkness. You can be you can feel the righteousness of God still feel the struggling of darkness and this is for somebody in this room take a moment for a second this could be one person this could be multiple in this room you've got to forgive yourself as God has forgiven you because he forgave you when you gave your life to him he forgave you when, when you made those words and said, I will follow you, Jesus. He already did that for you. Now you got to do that for you too. And how Sarah preached it was so good. You got to stop blaming yourself. You got to stop putting yourself in the forefront of every story that isn't really yours. And it's not you no more. The Lord is ministering to someone in this room. And you need to know that when you forgive yourself, the light comes. The light is within you. So this means if I'm struggling with darkness, the light will come in when I do what I'm supposed to do. So Father, for that person in this room, I ask, Lord, that you would give them the truth. Lord, whether it's, whether it's the truth that leads them to the light or, Lord, if the truth is the light. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would give the truth. That 
you would speak the truth over this person in this room that is having a hard time stepping away from the past, stepping away from the fact that they can't take that back. And Lord, you are willing, Lord, to forgive. You're willing to restore. You already have done that. So Father, we ask, Lord, that you would bring us to a place of forgiving us ourselves because we have often sinned against ourselves so father i pray for that person in this room who's having a hard time lord maybe the mistake is so horrific that it's scary to talk about but lord you know what it is and lord you still forgive and love and cherish anyways so father i pray for the truth of affirmation the light of affirmation over this person. The truth and the light of, of, of validating their soul, not just their person, their soul for whoever this is for. Lord, we thank you for this word that Sarah brought. Lord, I pray that we don't stay in a place of unforgiveness, Lord, because it's a horrible place to be. It is a miserable place to be. It is a place where we have no comfort. It's a place where we don't have enough enough words to describe, Lord. It is, it is a toxic area to be in, Father. So I pray, Lord, to the ones who are struggling with unforgiveness. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would give us an encouragement of forgiveness. Lord, it's not just saying we're sorry. It's not just putting up a smile on our face and like, oh, it's all good, Lord. But we say it's all good, but deep down we're dying from the unforgiveness. We're dying from the hurt. We're dying from the from the uh, the accusation and the and the crime of what's been done to us so lord i ask that you would lord speak to that place lord that you have revealed it through sarah speaking to that place of unforgiveness and shame of unforgiveness and hurt of unforgiveness lord and insecurity i pray that you would speak to that right now as we go home tonight I ask that you would speak and give the truth of what we need to hear from this word we thank you we praise you and we glorify you it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen